Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got the great and mighty Christopher Carter on with me today and we're going to have a great time just catching up. There we go. You know, I need to get that one back where I had you as Superman. That was the intro. <laughs> and so if you haven't seen that one, everybody who's listening, go back and find it. Right. It's an early one. That's an early very... Kingdom Talks interview. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I put your face over Superman and we had the intro and yeah, the music. That's a that's a yes. Kingdom Talk classic right there. It should be. Yes. We, yeah. I, you know, I need another playlist. We'll call it yeah. The classics. Yeah. The classics. Yeah. Year one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, I, I, I kind of threw up a title because we could go just about anywhere. But yes, I, I put where do we go next? Yeah. And I guess when I was thinking about this, Chris, uh, we had briefly talked, I don't know, maybe a month ago and just talking about where things are at with this whole movement. And literally, yeah. where do we go next? Um, I, I in, in some ways, I feel like there's uh, some fatigue out there. I feel like sure. there's, um, uh, you know, there's the fatigue on one side, and then there's another side where people are chasing after, you know, what's the next, uh, I think you use the term, you know, what's the next fix? And that, yeah. you, you know, somehow we got to find, I, I know for me and Adina, it's the practical. We're looking for what's sure. practical, what changes lives. And... So anyway, just what are your thoughts on that? Where do we go next? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot that you brought up just there. Um, you know, because because right off the bat, it's like, you know, when you say fatigue, before I say anything, um, what kind of fatigue are you, are, are you know, and again, it's not like we're making these overarching statements. It's like the whole movement's fatigued. I mean, we're not saying that, you know, but but like when you see fatigue, in what area do you see it? Like, how do you, because I, I, I think I see it a certain way. How do you see it? <laughs> way to throw it back in my court. Um, excellent job. It's a, like a Jesus <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Let me answer your question with a question. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, you know, one fatigue I could definitely point out very clearly is uh, internet fatigue. You know, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> people being online, you know, with COVID, uh, you know, we were just all kind of forced to go online for such a long time. And that that yeah. has, you know, that's one one area where there's fatigue. But then um, uh, I see people kind of, um, I would say maybe, I want to, I'm going to say it this way, burning out on the heavenly journeys. However, yeah. I, when I say that, I'm saying it from... A place of, um, you know, I, to me, if someone's engaged, if they're actually engaging with Father, there's no burnout. There's yeah. no, in fact, there's life. And so, un unfortunately, I think there's, a, you know, still some that are trying, they're striving to get in. They're striving to have these connections. And um, and when there's, you know, all that push, it just uh, gets tired after a while if you're really having to work at it. Sure. Versus being able to just enter in and from a place of peace and rest, engage with Father which is mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. We all need that. Indeed. Yeah. No, I, th I think I, I, I certainly have observed something similar uh, that, that there is um, yeah, fatigue is an interesting way to call it, but, but kind of a disinterest. Um, uh, there, again, so there's so many, there's so many ways to attack this one thing, uh, you know, and so in my mind, you know, like Gil, you and I love a good chess game. Uh, what's our record right now? Are you up three games to two? 
I, I might I be. I, I just felt like you were totally disengaged the last time we played. Uh, no, I gave it a go. I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I will say, before we get into anything serious, have you watched any of like the really grandmaster chess players on like YouTube? It, no. it, it's amazing. Like, like these guys, I mean, now if anyone's listening to this interview right now or watching it, just tune us out for like 30 seconds, unless you're really interested in Jess. But Gil and I, Gil, we play. Like whenever we're together in yeah. person, we play. In fact, we could probably arrange it to play online from time to time and just uh, play. We can. Um, but, uh, you know, internet fatigue. But um, <laughs> but I, I just, you know, you know how YouTube is. YouTube is like, hey, based on the things that you tend to watch, you might yeah. like this. And so yeah. the algorithm's like, I bet this guy would like watching some grandmasters play chess. And I was like, thanks, YouTube. I really would. <laughs> And I and and I honestly, the game ends, Gil, and I don't know who's won, but they shake hands and it's over. And I'm like, there were pieces on the board, but one of them clearly saw 15 moves down the road that there was no way out of this situation, and yeah. gave up. Yeah. And just offered a hand, you win, I'm out. And I and it, it never ends in checkmate. One of them always gives up, or it's a draw. It's yeah, the strangest yeah. thing I've seen. And, uh, and they're, they're a strange bunch of cats, those guys that are like chess grandmasters. I mean, I'm just, I'm sort of in awe of like how they do this, but they've clearly devoted their life to this, you know? Well, you know, uh, one of the, I don't know where I saw it at, but the, the rule has changed and I don't know at what level it's changed, but um, uh, they took out your ability to, uh, what is that called when they tip the king over and they just, they give up. Um, there's a know. term for it. But anyway, they've they've taken away that rule at some level. Resign. Resign. Yeah. yeah. So they've taken that away, which I find interesting. Because, yeah. yeah, you can look at it and, at points and see, oh, there's no way out of this. Um, yeah. Like, you know, I played uh, Joshua when I was in Washington again. And, oh, yeah? Um, uh, and got into a place where I'm looking at it and it's just like, I cannot, there's no way out of this. And I said, you got it. Thing is, he didn't see it. Oh, really? <laughs> But, you know, he's a good enough player. Had I made the a, a move, he would have seen what to do next. And there was just no way I could get out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. It's crazy listening to him even uh, do like commentary on a chess game. If you just get a chance, Gil, look up this guy, Magnus Carlson, young dude. They're all young. They're all crazy young. Uh, wow. Magnus, well. Magnus Carlson. And uh, and he's like Norwegian. He's like grand chess master. It's just crazy. Uh, and, and you, you could probably watch it for hours and, and you'd be like yeah. me, like, I don't even know what happened, <laughs> but something, well, I, I mean, you and I considered to have this conversation for quite a long time, but I think our listeners would be bored and checked out. <laughs> this is gold. This is kingdom talks gold right here. <laughs> All right. Back to the topic. All right. I mean, oh, chess match. That's how I got on this. On the, I was, I was thinking about this issue of like, what's going on with fatigue and things like that. And I know a lot of people that listening are like, dude, I'm not fatigued at all. I'm loving this, you know? And then there is, yeah, right, you right, right, right. watch how there is a, a waxing and a waning of interest in something. And, wow. and you know me, Gil, I mean, I, I tend to like try to come up to about 60 or 70,000 feet and look down at the issue and kind of go, okay, what's the big trend? Like what's really going on? So there's a number of things that I think are at work here. Now, one of them is Simply, I think Christian legacy, and I think this is helpful to know, even if you're not fatigued in some way, 
just in your walk wherever you are right now. So if you just kind of go back and, and you look at each kind of group of Christianity in their, in their time where they're in a movement or whatever, and, and, and sort of what defines them. So like if we, if we look today at, say, the Presbyterian Church, and we ask them, what constitutes a good meeting? When you all get together and everyone leaves the service, what makes Presbyterians go, wow, that was amazing. That was the best service I've ever been a part of. And for Presbyterians, it's probably the hymns were good and the teaching was of a caliber. You know, like they love expository biblical teaching and Presbyterians are known for their intense study. So like if you ain't studying and if it's not coming out like at this genius level of Bible knowledge, you know, Presbyterian church just isn't all that. So they kind of like, you know, that's what makes for like, whoa, blew my mind. You know, I think with Baptists, if we ask them what constitutes a good meeting, it, you know, if you're below the Mason Dixon line, it probably involves a fellowship hall, a pretty, you know, like a one hour service, but that thing's got to end because there is a potluck dinner going on in the fellowship hall next door. And I'm joking because I was a Baptist. I mean, I'm allowed to make this joke, you know? So, you know, maybe that's what makes a good meeting for them. So the charismatic kind of uh, Christianity, that part of things, obviously went a different direction than what came before it, because I don't know that the Presbyterians, the modern Presbyterians were that concerned over how much power God had or could be demonstrated. I think that they were concerned with what could we know about God's power? What could we know about what could be demonstrated? Not really, does it does it ever happen? But the charismatics came along and they were like, well, it really matters that God's power is demonstrated. In fact, that's kind of super important. Like, what are we doing if there's not a demonstration of the Spirit's power? That's kind of a biblical idea, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that became the pursuit there. And if you, ask, if you ask charismatics, like, what constituted a good meeting? They would tend to come away with, God's power was there. God did something. God showed up. You know, all these kind of charismatic yeah, terms. Yeah. But in order to enter into that world, they kind of went the opposite direction that say, I'm using the Presbyterians as the opposite end of the Protestant spectrum here. That world was very cerebral and the charismatic world was very, um, and, and I don't mean any of these words in a sense, experiential and I would say emotional. And neither of these is bad, right? Emotions are an incredible faculty of the human being, as is our intellect. And I'm pretty sure both of them are good things that we're supposed to have, you know? Uh, So one way or the other, it's either like Spock from Star Trek, you know, that can't feel anything, (laughs) you know, or or the other, whatever the other extreme is. Maybe it's Kirk because he was so like, you know, you know, moment, shoot from the hip, Captain Kirk we're really nerding out between the chess and then the Star Trek references and your background where it looks like people are being beaming up to the starship. Uh-huh. Enterprise. <laughs> so all that to say, uh, you know, there's, there's a sort of a charismatic sense of, did I feel something in the meeting now, regardless of whether, where it started, because we're so interested in that experience where that's kind of what we walk away. Was it a good meeting? I don't know. Did I feel something? Well, to the Presbyterians is, is, did I learn something? To the Baptist, it was the fried chicken good, you know, just a joke. That's not what everybody, I'm super oversimplifying, you know. And so one of the legacies of that, like, you know, just with all the others, if, if we plateau out and we stop growing, it's like we missed the chance to continue in what, in what God started. 
So like if let's say we're in charismatic movement and certainly, I mean, the vast majority of people that are watching this or that are, you know, doing stuff in the heavens and the spirit, all the kind of things we're talking about, the vast majority of them came from some kind of a charismatic experience. Vast majority. I know that there are outliers. Vast majority did. Right. And so one of the legacies of that is this pursuit of, did I feel something? Not a bad thing as a counterbalance to the cerebral, did I know something or learn something that was there in most of Protestantism. But if we plateau out there and we don't now go, all right, well, let's take the best of everything and put it together. Let's take the best of that charismatic push of, did I feel something? Let's bring it together with, did I know or learn? You know, was there some intellectual component to it? Let's eat the fried chicken. Maybe not fried chicken. I don't know. But it, let's let's get the fellowship in there. It's like, let's get the best of everything and put yeah. it together. And my hunch is that sense of like, um, well, I did that and now I've moved on. I did that and now I've moved on. I touched that base. Now I'm on to that next trend or that next fad or whatever the case may be. I think it's one of the um, it's one of the legacies of the movement that we should probably be aware of, at least right. a little. Like, just be aware. I'm not saying anyone needs to repent. I'm just saying let's be aware that that's a common experience and uh, the focus on chase and revival there probably has something to do with that as well. That it, it really became this idea of chasing wherever we felt, again, felt, the spirit of God moving. And you have something to say. Go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I agree with you. In, and I think that's probably one of the main things that I've sensed and seen is, um, you know, again, you know, what Adina and I do may, may be kind of boring to a lot of people in the sense that we focus on the practical. We focus on the basics. We focus right. on the foundation just because, um, you know, even if you have a great calling on your life, if you don't take the time to build a, a foundation, you build a great right. big building on a lousy foundation, it's going to crash. So, so you know, I my heart is just to seek the Father. I mean, it's it's pretty simple because, um, and I and I even want to get so so ego's been a big focus lately. Yeah, ego, and I even had a a dream and a vision about it. You know, I was I was in the courts, uh, just repenting of things as I was falling asleep. And um, all of a sudden, this big wall goes up and I, Jesus and I are on one side of the wall and Father's on the other side of the wall. And it's as if this wall is dividing us. And I'm like, Jesus, destroy this thing. Destroy it. Destroy it. And because I don't want it to divide. And um, <laughs> and he, he, he can't or he won't. And I'm asking, why can't? And Father says, well, this is your ego. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And it's like Jesus can't destroy your ego. But here's the cool thing is he says, it's not to be destroyed, but you have to go through it. And yeah. immediately the, the the picture or the thought that came to mind, I don't know if you've seen the movie After Earth with Will Smith uh, and, and his son. Yes, yes, okay. I did. So he, yeah. Will Smith, his character has to learn how to ghost in order to survive. Right. And so when he was able to ghost, he was able to lay down his fear yeah. And was able to walk among these monsters that if they sniffed out fear, they would kill you. And right. so he was able to walk among these monsters and he could slay them because they wouldn't even know he was there. Because that's what the only way they could sense people was by the fear. And, and so that picture goes in my head and it's just like, you don't destroy your ego because your ego is your, you know, your mortal identity. 
It's uh, it's your self-protection while you're in this earth realm and so yeah. forth. You don't destroy it, but you do have to go through it. And in order to go through it, you do have to lay down everything you think you know, right. everything that's of this world. And some of it you'll pick back up on the other side, but you have to be able to lay it all down so that there's nothing, no ego <clears throat> left. And yeah. in that place, he said, Jesus walked through it. He'll show you the way through it. But we have to be able to go through that in order to receive full power, full authority, to be reign as a king, as a mature son, all yes. these things. And yet, uh, I think the enemy really does a great job of keeping us busy, chasing all these other things, right. when in reality, it's, it, it is just a simple focus. Now, again, this is what Adina and I focus on, so it's not, you know, this yeah. is our heart. There's a lot of people that are focused on other things, but I just feel like, we're not going to get there if we're constantly chasing after all this other stuff. We have to be willing to slow down and spend that time with Father and Jesus yeah. letting him show us how to walk through that. Yeah, right on. Well, I'm with you. I, I think that there is something about the the commitment to the practical and the basics, you know, that, that actually does bear a ton of fruit, you know. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say this is kind of like a confessional. Um, so let's pretend no one is here but me and you. And there's like a little thing between us and I can just see your profile. So uh, I say, or do you want to confess your sins? Right. Yes. Uh, forgive me. I have con I committed this sin. Uh, at the end, you can there tell. There is a little line where... between us on, on right. the way I have things set up here. So just so you know, there's a line right here. There right. you go. Now you can feel safe. Go ahead. If only you were like, just there's like a screen. It would be great. Um, at the end, you can tell me what my penance would be. But, uh, you know, like. You know, you go through seasons of life and they leave you, I think if you, if you do it somewhat correctly, they leave you with uh, maybe a few regrets. There's always some things you wish you would have done differently. And then it also leaves you, I hope, with some wisdom that you didn't have. A sense of what did I learn from this experience? And, uh, I, you know, going through, you know, leaving Baptist church, going into charismatic church, something that has really stuck with me all of this time is how susceptible I was to think I was doing something because it looked spiritual or sounded spiritual, but in the end didn't produce any fruit. And, and, I, and, and it's not that I think God is mad at me. I, I think God used all of those times, but it was amazing to me looking back how easy it was for me to chase things, to run after things, to think that, that next thing was going to do it. You know, like that next thing was going to be that next meeting or that next anointing or that next prophetic word or whatever the case may be. And I think all of that changed when I started to experience heaven in the spirit because I realized everything was right here, right now. Yeah. And all of the striving and all of the pushing, I mean, I, I felt like as a charismatic Christian, I worked so hard to get things to happen there was always this sense that we weren't pressing in hard enough that yeah, if we could yeah. just pray more or worship more or fast more it was always the sense of that revival will happen if we would just press in harder and we get more riled up and the music more 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 more, louder, more more right there would be more um there'd be more late on it more people falling out like it whatever it took to get that sense that again i think god's here god's power is here you know that 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 mindset yeah and then looking back, I'm like, did that really do anything? You know, like, was was it actually happening? When I started to, to experience this access that we have into the heavens, I was like, well, 
you know, I didn't even do anything to make this happen. This is like the biggest scandal ever. You know, like it, it wasn't based on anything I was doing. And, uh, and then all of the things that like I wanted so bad were right there in this, this effortless, uh, you know, just uh, activation, just to, just to be there walking in the garden with Jesus. And I think that broke me. <laughs> it broke me from all of that work that I was doing and all that chasing that I was doing. And I really kind of just, I think over the years I've backed off, but I think it always left within me. This is the confessional part. A, a little bit of, um, of a regret that, you know, that I kind of let myself be blown about so frequently. Mm-hmm. And then also a little bit of, um, you know, like, well, here's what I learned from the experience, you know, that, that what you're in for, while it's going to have moments where it feels incredible and it's mountaintop like stuff but what you really signed up for was there's a thousand small battles that you're going to win between now and the resurrection and all of those battles are fundamentally about christ demonstrating christ's self in me and that this the access to heaven was simply in my opinion to this day the greatest revolution of my life and the simple greatest tool anyone could ever have in order to let that process take place, because you're just going to go be in real time with the Lord walking around the garden. It's a pretty good way. I mean, that's even in the in John's letter. If we see him, we will be like him because we'll yeah. see him as he is. Well, I mean, what are you doing when you're up there in the spirit? You're seeing him. So, you know, it would stand to reason you would be like him because you're seeing him as he is, you know, Um I th- if, if anyone has never done this too, I, I know this is like, you know, I feel random sometimes when I do these interviews with you, Gil, I think you bring it out in me, but if no one has done this, you have to YouTube when your dog is a prayer warrior. Trust me. <laughs> You'll thank me. You'll thank me later. Uh, a lot of you, if have you interviewed? And if you haven't, we got to set this up. Alberto and Kimberly Rivera. No, I've tried to get them on and he didn't uh, feel comfortable coming on. So, okay. Well, another time, then. but, uh, but Kimberly is the one that showed me this, um, this, this video and I cracked up when your dog is a prayer warrior and it is like, not, I, when you see it, I just want you to, I want you to remember, I said this when you, I hope you're writing this down for the show notes yeah. and for you to watch later when you watch it. I just want you to know I've been the dog that's praying for the other dogs. And I've been the one that he's praying for. I've been, I've been in both situations. I've done what that dog does. And I've been the person that the dog is praying for. And if, when you see it, it's going to make total sense. And you're going to be like, oh, that's all what right. he was talking about, you know? <laughs> but all the, all the kind of, all the sort of revival meeting kinds of things, I, I did. I did all of them. Yeah. Um, and had them administered to me in whatever way, you know, I, I don't know if they're courtesy falls or, you know, you really fall in. <laughs> I don't know which one it's been a long time, you know? Um, so I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that as the confession here is that I'm wary, I'm very wary of things that aren't real. And, uh, and, and I'm wary of, of entering into something that doesn't play out in reality. And what that kind of gave me in, in my, you know, uh, you know, my publisher, Lily, Lily Weeks. Um, yes. She, she's, she's very on me. Sometimes she's like, if you bash charismatic Christianity one more time, 
I'm going to. And so, Lily, I hear you. If you're going to watch this, I hear you. I'm not going to bash charismatic Christianity. As as a as as a brother, like as a brother in the Lord, I think what I am is vigilant. Bubble, and every and, and it seemed yeah, like you froze inside, there for a second, Chris. Oh, you froze. Am I back? You said you, you said I'm a vigilant something. Yes. I'm what a vigilant that? pain in everyone's behind. No, that's not what I said. Am I okay? No, what I said is, I'm just I'm I'm a I'm a vigilant brother in the sense that. Uh, I'm when, when I lived in that world, I lived in a bubble and, and I really thought what was happening in that bubble mattered to what was outside that bubble. And then of course, years later, you realize it didn't at all. It was, re- it only mattered to the people that were inside that one bubble. And yeah, it's sort yeah. of been like a mission, a mission then to, to find out how can I not to be the lifelong learner that we were you know with the baptists and presbyterians and charismatics that says let me take the best of everything hey i'm gonna i'm just gonna ask uh i i i know you love talking with your hands but apparently when you get your hands going it freezes up the screen so you froze (laughs) you froze for a section of that last part (laughs) I'll stay um, completely still. I know like it's this. hard. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's okay. hard. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. So, well, and sorry, I froze though. It was, it was, uh, it was. It's the internet's fine. Yeah, yeah. So there's bandwidth or something. You're frozen again at the moment. Can you hear me? Okay, well, we will be doing some editing. Let's see here. Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. If you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome everybody. We are back. Um, Got the internet issue hopefully resolved. Hopefully, hopefully, we're going to pray that the tech angels go in there, keep everything connected. Because I want to talk with my hands. I want to right, do all you, these things like this. It's working. <laughs> it Wait, didn't test it now. Is it still working, Gil? <laughs> it is still working. We're good. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. And I hope everybody stayed, you know, after the break, because, you know, I know a lot of people, they, they tune in to the break and then they check out. If they did, oh, I, if they did, they missed out on the best part. Yeah, I was going to say, I saved all the good stuff for after the break, so... All right. Let's see what what well, have we, we were... covered so far. We've covered you need to check out Magnus Carlson on YouTube about chess grandmasters. We've covered that you need to uh, YouTube search when your dog is a prayer warrior. You need to definitely do that. We've covered that there are trends in Christendom, and while none of them are bad, hopefully what we're becoming is lifelong learners that don't plateau out. 
and that kind of yeah. keep growing and hopefully yeah. bring the best of everything under one roof, you know, and don't sort of pigeonhole ourselves into something. And then yeah. when we ended, I was confessing. I was confessing my own, uh, I need inner healing. Right. I got to get through my own history with so charismatic church. Yeah, good, good. And so now that you've heard my confession, Gil, that I, you know, I have a little bit of like a, you know, I'm, I have wariness because I want to make sure what I do is real and doesn't occur in a bubble. And, uh, and so that's, if we, if we want to go again, like we're from here, I can tell you what I think are hopefully solutions to staying out of those zones. If you want to do that. Yeah. Go, go down that road. I, I will say though, that, um, you know, you mentioned early on ebb and flow and, yeah. you know, ebb and flow, um, You've talked about contrast. Ebb and flow is is absolutely to me necessary for us yeah. to have experience and meaning in life. Yes. And so you know, because if we had, if we were, if we we're just a constant go and flow of great good things, we wouldn't even know the difference. You know, if we didn't have the ebb. Right. So that ebb, that pull back, it's also a rest time. Right. You know, and that when we, if if I think we're mature and wise, when we see the ebb, we don't panic, we don't freak out, we don't get discouraged, we don't cry about it. We realize, ah, it's a time to rest. Yeah. And I'm going to rest until things are, you know, and the thing is, nature supernaturally takes its course and will bring the flow back if you're meant to flow in that. Mm -hmm. And so there may be times what? where the, it'll shift. Yeah. And the flow picks up somewhere else. And the thing is, if we're focused just in one spot and that's all yeah. we want and that's all we're looking for, we may miss the flow that right. God is trying to take us in yeah. if we're not careful. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I've been kind of harping on in my online classes and just whenever I crash someone's Zoom meeting, you know, which I feel like I do all the time, you know, and so <laughs> just hop in like I'm crashing a wedding. Like I'm here. Let, let's say a few things, you know. Uh, but something I've been harping on a lot is the is the need for our heaven experiences to to have a sense of reality to them. And, and yeah. we were we were joking. I was just on a call last night, Gil, and someone was we were all in my home in the heavens, which is a great time. You know, uh, it's fun to to be the host and um, and everyone's there. And someone was like I was breathing in the air and it was like this air is so amazing. And then they had the thought, is this oxygen? Like, do I need oxygen up here? And like all these kind of questions suddenly come up. And I was like, oh, I hope so. Because oxygen is awesome. You know, like air is so cool. Like, I mean, I, you know, like that would be what we would want, you know? And so the the idea of there being some realism, I joked with the class last, last night that, you know, like gravity is a beautiful thing. Like, I don't want gravity to end. Gravity is great. Gravity is what keeps us together. You know, it's like, I've, I've been thinking, God must be as interested in gravity and the other natural laws as he is in some Christian principle of kindness, because without gravity, it would be impossible to show kindness to anybody. So like, if you were like, you know, if, if, if people weren't constantly being pulled to the same plane so that they can relate to each other, you'd just be floating about some space and like, you know, just like zooming by someone like I'm showing you kindness, you know, from a distance. It wouldn't, it wouldn't actually like, you know, you can't touch them. As soon as you touch them, you go opposite directions, you know? So the idea that there is this attractive force between things that have matter and mass, you know, us yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and creation, that it's all sort of drawn to get together. 
that's a beautiful principle without which it would be really tough to show kindness. So I know that God's interested in those things. So, you know, and we, I joke, I mean, I know you, you know me, I say this kind of stuff all the time that I wake up in the morning and most mornings I'm like, how can I punch Gnosticism in the face today? How can I really get at it? You know, this, this thing that, that I think rightly says there's a heavenly realm, this God space where the rules don't apply. It's outside of time. It's outside of space. It is outside of gravity. And all those things are true. And I agree with all of those things. There is a highest heaven where it is just unity, where there isn't those things. It just is a place of being and perfectness and all of that, you know? But my my hunch, and maybe I'm wrong, one man's opinion, but my hunch is that that's not where we're designed to live. That there's something about this mortal realm where everything just keeps collecting dust and rusting and decaying. We're like, yeah, we don't want this. But the opposite of that would be that highest God space that's so out of time and so out of space and that place of complete unity and all of those things. It's, it's the place of being. I'm not sure that that's where we want to be either. I think that we're always, we've always been designed to be in the place where those two worlds overlap which I would call the place of resurrection life or the original design. It would appear originally there it was something like that, this place where heaven and earth were, were overlapping. So we don't just want the place where we're always marching towards decay. And we also want, don't want to be in the place where you just are, but you can't become anything because becoming something requires time. It involves a story in order to end in a different place than you started. But in those highest heavens, you just are all of those things all at once, all the time, because that's unity with the Godhead who is all in all, right? That supreme unity of the Godhead. And it's like, I don't think if we really, now, again, is it important to know and to be in both? Yeah, I think that we're all going to want to be up there in that highest heavens, in that place of complete unity with the Godhead. I just don't think it's where we remain. What we were designed for is that place where it's the best of both worlds. You get the best of being the tree of life and becoming the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That sense of constant life and goodness mixed with growth and becoming and opportunity and diversity and all those different things. So it's it, it, one of the one of the solutions, I, I think, to the problem is to encourage people to not let their heaven experiences be Gnostic only heaven experiences. And I think a lot of people would hear that and be like, uh, Christopher, none of my heaven experiences are Gnostic. And I'd be like, ah, maybe, maybe a few of them. <laughs> Listen, we all, we all need a few of them. I'm not saying it's wrong. We all need to be up there in that place that's outside of time and outside of space. But we're designed not only to uh, sense reality, but I believe we're designed to co-create it. Like we really are the nodes of what's real in the cosmos. That's what being made in God's image, in my opinion, is, 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 is a big fact, a big part of that is that we are the nodes of what existence is and what reality is. And if our heaven experiences are always taking place, uh, actually a, a guy in Nashville, a friend of mine there, he coined this term. And when he said it, I said, I'm going to use that all the time. Because it came up. I didn't even bring this up, if you can believe it, Gil. I didn't even bring up. You know what stinks, guys? Gnosticism. Let's talk about it. It wasn't even me. They brought it up. And this guy was like, he's like, so Christopher, 
Like I hear your heaven experiences and they're just in all the detail and the relationships with the angels and your home in heaven and all that you see in it and all of that stuff. Like I hear all of that. He's like, but sometimes I feel like when I'm in heaven, it's like a Picasso painting. It's like, I'm over here with, you know, if you've seen a Picasso painting, it's like, it's a person, but like their eye is over here and their nose may be over here. And it's like, is that an arm? We don't even know, you know? And so it's like, my heaven experiences are like Picasso paintings. I was like, I'm so stealing that term because I hear that when I, when I work with people a lot, their heaven experiences are, uh, they can be. And I, everyone knows, I mean, we've done these interviews so much. I think they know us. I, I'm not getting on anybody. I'm, and I'm certainly not saying in this interview, y'all should have known better. No, we shouldn't. No one's got the, the roadmap to what we're doing. That's what it means to be in a transition between the ages. Like, I don't know better. Why should you know better? Like, we're all in the same boat. So again, no altar call. You don't have to put up the screen and give me a, a, a penance before we're done. You might want to, though. Uh, but anyway, I hear it a lot. People are like, why are my heaven experiences disjointed? Um, you know, and, and I, I joke, this is like my running joke for the last couple of weeks. It's like your heaven experience is like you're, you close your eyes, you open the eyes of your heart and it's like, you're in this pink mist. And someone like me is like, well, what's the pink mist? Why don't you ask Jesus? Where is he in the pink mist? He is the pink mist. Okay. What is he telling you? The pink mist is it's the pink mist of his love. And I'm like, okay. Great. We all need to saturate in the pink mist of his love. That is not a question. Not a question. We should be doing that five to six times a week, but not at the expense of seeing him bodily in front of you, where you can take in his dimensions, the expressions of his face with all of its hundreds of muscles, which are specifically designed to express things with his form, what his hands are doing, the clothing that he's wearing, his actions that day, the extreme limitedness of his location, which is a non-Gnostic idea that God likes limiting God's self so that God remains relatable and touchable. And to, to bring in that kind of reality where it's fine to be in the pink mist of Jesus's love or to feel like you know, where is Jesus? He is the mist and I'm inside. Good. Do that five or six times a week. I think it actually would be very healthy. Again, I'm not poo-pooing these experiences, but I am saying not at the expense of the experiences where reality and laws and rules are present. Not that they're so present that we're a slave to them. It's not supposed to be just like mortal life. It should be better than here, but probably also not the sheer beingness and unity where everything is all there at every time of that highest place should be in the place where they overlap, where it's the best of both worlds. And in that world, you can be in your heavenly home, picking up those extreme amount of details and that extreme amount of, of reality, the, what I call the three C's, consistency, causality, and continuity. And as you know, and then I'm going to stop and pause because I bet you've got ideas here, Gil, but I, you know, I've, I've sort of for 11 years now, I've been treating myself as the guinea pig. So I kind of watch what happens with me and I go, all right, did that bear good fruit? Maybe it's worth sharing, you know? And I've watched in my own journeys, the benefit 
of that of, of, of valuing reason with a capital R, logic with a capital L, details with a capital D, and reality with a capital R. Valuing that in something as mystical and as out of this world as experiencing heaven in the spirit is, but bringing those two worlds together, like we're supposed mm -hmm. to bring these two worlds together, seems to make a giant difference into how much of a trend or a fad it's experienced as. So when in the beginning, like when you're just like, you're so thrilled the eyes of your heart work and you go and you're, and you're like, what happened to you today? I sat in a mist, a pink mist of Jesus's love for an hour. It was incredible. But like three years later, you might be like pink mist again. You know, like the, the it's, it's the Picasso experience because we crave reality. We crave consistency, we crave causality, and we crave continuity. So to, to teach people that are experiencing heaven, I'm kind of passionate about this this year in particular, to teach people to bring those things into their heaven experiences seems to ignite everything because it's, it's, it's more real than the Picasso experience that our Gnostic traditions tend to leave us in. All right, I've got. We we could talk more about that, but throw some stuff in there. I know no, you, you've got it. No, it's it, it's it's great to uh, um, you, you know, Adina and I teach that for us anyway. The greatest part and the greatest purpose of the encounters in heaven are that they change us, yeah, and that they change people around us, so that we're being changed, they're being changed. We're bringing stuff from the heavens into the earth um, that that belong here, mm -hmm. and that father's given us a purpose so that we walk in that purpose by engaging with him to see what he's doing next and yeah. that to me is is the next it's always what is father doing and yeah. i and i guess my heart has always been i i really really want to be the fullest me that i'm supposed to be yes and i don't believe i can be the fullest me i can possibly be as long as i'm holding on to stuff that um honestly i'm probably fearful to lay down if i really think about it because uh it's all the things that kind of make me who i am today i'm so with and, you yeah and so that that's that's my journey and it's i think it's a long one um well it doesn't have to be but it it, it is because you know it's the sanctification it's the work of a lifetime it's you know all that that we hear how long um, did that take enoch by the way just curiosity we how don't know that's the thing. I mean, it could have been it could have been a year. It could have been a thousand years. I mean, well, we know he was what? I can't remember how old he was. Three hundred and sixty-five, right? What, what what was he? Three sixty-five, I believe. It wasn't uh, one was year it? for every every day of the year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, you know, okay. Three hundred and sixty-five yeah. years, and then was no more. Yeah. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, it could, like you said, it could be a long haul. <laughs> right. 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 It's a little junk. I would, I, yeah. <laughs> I would like to believe that, you know, Father is accelerating things, you know, and I think in some ways he obviously is. But um, yeah, that's just my focus. It's like uh, I I will be done when I've, you know, been able to lay everything down. And mm -hmm. what comes next is up to the Father. And, yeah. and that's, that's another thing. It's like, how do we step into these places where we're supposed to walk in total rest and peace if we have this idea of a schizophrenic God? Right. That 
gets angry and throws people in hell and yeah. you know you didn't make the right choice uh <laughs> yeah right but yeah but you know if we honestly believe that god is good and loves me and has my best in mind then i can get to that place where i can totally rest and be at peace yeah. and trust him yeah and let go of everything because that's that's the thing is it's it's a letting go it's not a it's not a striving to gain more or to get more it's a letting right. go and a letting go and a backing up and laying down you know it's it's yeah. just a total opposite of what the world generally teaches us we need in order to thrive right and um so it's it's a it's a it's an uphill battle in the world yeah uh, i think it's a downhill battle in the spirit realm but so uh yeah, we're not learn. We haven't learned how to exist there completely all the time, and yeah. that's the that's the challenge. I mean, we are there all the time, but yeah. it's f having a focus there all the time, right? <laughs> or in both places, and that's that's yeah, the key. Yeah. You know, it's like how do you do both at the same time? And that's what we're learning. That's what we're teaching so and growing in. Yeah, right on. So we got about fifteen minutes left, man. Oh, good. Well, that's I have something in my eye. Do you, uh, you uh, your finger just, at the moment? Yeah, just 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 blow, blow into this eye, right? Or just use your finger, Gil. A little to the right, little to the. Right. I think it's an eyelash. One more time. Okay, there we go. I think we got it. Good job. I, I, I Who says the internet doesn't work wonders? You know. You know, it's just what you believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear a fun story? I do. Yeah. So, um, this is hot off the press. This happened to me yesterday. Uh, and this is, I mean, I, I hope it's a, it's an encouraging story for people about what we were just talking about. Like you stick with stuff through the waxing and the waning, uh, you stick with the basics, you be, you know, you don't plateau out, you be a lifelong learner, take the best mm -hmm. of everything and put it together, bring in reason with your mystical experience, you know, let, let, let the, let the world that you're in make some sense, you know? And, uh, and one of the ways I think that that's happened with me so strongly is, of course, the experience of being in my home, the place that Jesus has prepared for me. And why I think that's so darn important is because it's it's literally our resurrected inheritance. It's the inheritance he's prepared for us for our resurrected life. It's, it's literally the thing he hands us when we are fully christened and goes, here, start with this you know, and literally hands you a piece of the creation and says, it's yours to govern, you know? So to be yeah. there and to be in that place of government, I think is really important. But there's advantages, I think, to knowing it well, not as a Picasso painting, but as a place that has rules and that is consistent and has causality. It's not the highest heavens outside of time and space, but it certainly isn't here. It is in the middle, you know? And uh, so anyway, um, yesterday, 4.30 in the morning, I wake up. So I'm supposed to, we had a friend visiting from, from California. I'm supposed to take her and the rest of my family. We're all piling in the car. We're going to leave at 5 a.m. and drop her off at the airport in Jacksonville before we come here to where I am in North Myrtle Beach. And the night before, we're like, we got to pack up the car that night because there's no way we're getting up. It just won't work, you know? So I'm out in the garage ready to pack up the car my daughter notices there's a pool of water in the garage and it's right by the air conditioner units, Gil. And I walk over there and sure enough, those AC units are leaking like crazy. Now it's in the middle of a Florida thunderstorm. Like it's dark, it's seven at night. 
call the emergency like repair thing because you know we rent at that place and no one's coming out that night uh, i sent pictures i mean like i took the panels off the ac unit there's standing water inside the unit you know and oh. uh and so i you know the next morning i, I said all right we're, we can't leave, you know, until we at least have this assessed and we have someone that if we're gone, you know, can be here. And uh, and so I said, I'm going to take our friend to the airport in Jacksonville. Then I'm going to come back because that's still like really early morning. So I do. I get up at 4.30, 5 a.m. I take her to, to get her flight and then I'm, I'm driving back and I'm in the spirit. And I'm, and I'm having this conversation with the Lord about the day. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're leaving when we're supposed to leave. I just don't know. And, uh, and Jesus goes, you know, Christopher, you know, an angel that personifies time, maybe, maybe talk to that angel. And I was like, that is a great idea, Lord. <laughs> so I, I'm having this conversation in my home. I go to the place in my home where I know it's likely that spiritual being will be there. And I'm, I'm down in the lower level and I'm calling out to him. I know him by the name Adama. And I'm like, Adama, where are you? And I'm just having fun with it. I'm driving down the road. It's still dark, you know? And it's like zero dark 30. And, I, and I'm just going, Adam, where are you? I, we need to talk. And so I meet him, this place in my home in the heavens. That's It's like this underground cavern. And there's this pool of water there that to me is a symbol. And I don't mean that as not real, but a symbol for the well of time. Like we're drawing time mm. up out of that well. So it's natural I would meet him there. So uh, he looks at me and he said, well, you've, you've this angel, uh, Adam, he said, you've heard it said that time is money. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, time is a form of wealth. And he takes from his crown, which is like a gold laurel crown, one gold leaf. And he goes, I'm going to give you time as wealth today. Now, I understand time not as minutes and seconds. I understand it as story. So time is narrative. That's really what it is. You could think of the terms story causality and time as all being practically interchangeable because that's what that dimension is it's the story dimension the narrative of things so he has this this one gold leaf and he puts it in the this pool underground and i watch the the leaf just float to the center of the pool and it just goes bloop and it just goes under the water i'm driving in the car and i in the spirit not in any kind of physical way let's not get too crazy you know i'm not going to make a, a fish story out of this but I, I felt in the spirit, I, with my, the eyes of my imagination, that gold leaf come right into my hand as I'm driving the car. And I said, well, what should I do? And he goes, well, I just gave you story. What do you want the story of your day to be? And I said, well, I would love for this problem to get resolved quickly, as in this morning. And then I am kind of behind on my writing project as far as the deadlines. And so I need to finish that. And I've been very distracted the last two days with other things. So somehow, whether we stay another day or I'm doing it in the car, I need to finish that. And then he looks at me and he goes, Christopher, when do you think the first moment was that you became afraid of when things go bad? Like that, that it's going to, that, that it's yeah. hopeless. And I said, Ooh, I don't know. But the first memory that came to mind, I was eight years old and I'm, and I'm in my bed as, and this is a real memory. I'm in my bed, eight years old. We lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. I remember my room and I'm praying over and over and over again for bad things not to happen. 
I'm going through, Lord, don't let our house burn down. Don't let a tornado come. Don't and I'm and I'm saying please like 25 times, like that's gonna do it. Because you're eight and you don't know, and all you went to was Baptist Sunday school. That's probably what they taught you, you know. And so, you know, I'm just like, please, please, please don't let the house burn down. Please, please, please don't let a tornado come. Now, the funny thing is, all the things I prayed not to happen, all of them happened in my life. Our house burnt down when I was 12. We've been through a tornado. We all hid in the closet when Hurricane Hugo blew through Charlotte. I mean, like all the things I asked to not happen, happened, you know, which is funny to me now. But anyway, so I'm now there in this bedroom, eight-year-old me, adult me, well, kind of in the spirit resurrected me and this angel, Adam and Noel. And I wake myself up and I'm like, look, it's me. I'm you. And here's this angel. And, and where I just start talking to him, I'm like, you know, you've got this idea that when things go wrong, it's so fragile, it's all going to fall apart. I said, but you could think when things go wrong, it's an opportunity for heaven to demonstrate power. Yeah. And this eight-year-old me looks at me, resurrected me, and the angel, and is like, that's going to be hard. And the angel, Adama, goes, but you could start now. And if you start now, it's going to bear fruit when he's in his 40s, because we can change the past. And it'll change the future. And so eight-year-old me is like, sure, I'll start thinking that way. Okay, not a fish story, Gil. Not a fish story. That conversation ended as I'm driving down the road. It's still zero dark 30 and my phone rings and it's an AC technician. When the conversation ended and that eight-year-old me changed the past, my future clicked into place. And he calls and he goes, hey, I'm close by. Is someone there? I was like, yes, please come. The guy, the guy comes. He assesses it. He fixes it in an hour. We get on the road. My wife drives. I wrote, I mean, I, I, I suddenly realized I should have been riding in a car this entire time. I don't know what happened. It fits me. Fits my mercurial traits here. I should have been riding while someone else is driving a car. It just was like, blah, 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 I just flowed. Finished it all. We got to, wow. we got here to North Myrtle Beach with 30 minutes to spare before I jumped on a, on a Zoom call last night. And it's like my, the timing of my day, it just, it was, it was just amazing. Anyway, that's my story. It's, it was a fun, it was a fun experiencing the reality of these things. And again, yeah. the consistency, the causality, the continuity, the effect that that has versus only the Picasso experiences in those highest heavens. Anyway, that's it. Uh, it's all very good. Um, I, um, you know, have had experiences like that. And it's always good that father is willing to uh, allow these things to operate in our lives, to, to give us that affirmation, that confirmation that, you know, what we're doing is real and that it's not. And it's like, man, could you make that up? Could you, could, you know, could you just call it coincidence? Sure you could. Yeah. But, uh, I think you'd be robbing yourself and everything right. else of the, totally. the reality. Totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, basically done here we uh, but we got the behind the scenes time that we can step into okay that sounds good so so let's uh and do you have an idea what you want to talk about uh, I, I well let's just see what comes next that's the title of the whole thing right yeah yeah <laughs> well um uh, okay i've got a question for you from uh yeah. florida oh florida good experience i'm in <clears throat> <laughs> all right so we'll we'll tackle that when we get back all right so um if you're listening to this and you'd like to see the behind the scenes section go to kingdomtalksmedia.com 
and uh, there's a section where you can uh, get the behind the scenes and uh, that helps support us. We are listener supported. So we appreciate each and every one of you who are uh, out there supporting us and getting the word out. So please continue to share. We hope we're a safe place that uh, you can come and find multiple different teachers and leaders who are in this movement that are taking things to uh, a whole nother level. And um, just blessings to all of you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for uh, being always on here. I love you always. It's always a, a good time. <laughs> Thanks right. for having me on. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at kingdomtalksmedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.